Gather an alliance, my friends, because it's time for the streets of New Capna to blitz out many casualties. But can I, if you will, with a shield counter to protect yourself from the new gang's coming, because the Dungeons and Gatherers podcast are about to dive into this crime family, see? We were, and then we could roast the intro. Yeah, but we could roast the intro. <laughs> I thought always... it was nice. Evan, you can be cynical if it, you want. It is nice. It it's is a, nice. It's like an angel devil thing. One of you is my Giada and one of you is my uh, Obstinxilis. You just pick no which is uh, which. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll talk about Giada, but hello, everyone, and welcome to the Dungeons & Gatherers podcast. And today we are doing a Magic the Gathering topic. We have two very special guests on the pod today. First off, we have returning Cold High Metal Lord Andrew Bosco. Hello. That was a good good title for me. I'll take that. Thank you. I always try to come up with good titles to introduce the guests. It's, and it's I'm fitting. Very fitting. And we also have a brand new special guest on the podcast. Uh, Command Zones mentioned Evan Eyre. My God, my fame precedes me. Hey there. <laughs> I, I, if I could just say, like, I, I swear I almost crashed the car because I was driving and listening to Command Zone. And they're like, and we want to shout a lucky patron, Evan Air. And I'm like, holy shit. And I love that, like, I love that my Patreon name, I was looking at other people's. I'm like, oh, man, everyone thought of, like, a cool thing. Mine's just my name. Nice. Yeah, I think, like, the thing, it's better that it was your name because, like, imagine if it was, like, and this one goes out to Uber Hackslore. Like, you would have to explain to your friends that, no, it's me, Uber This one Hackslore. goes to Weapon X 67. <laughs> Get the good old uh, World of Warcraft handles out right there. So, oh, yeah. the people at the pod know Bosco, but Evan Air, do you want to introduce yourself uh, to the world and your involvement with magic? Yeah, so my name's Evan. Um mentioned on command zone you know kind of kind of you know a uh, little little bit of a different caliber here kind of a big deal uh, this is our big yeah yeah i mean you know i like to i like to grace these these you know little podcasts <laughs> <laughs> you know i like to help people get their start if i can but i've been playing magic for like four years i honestly never wanted to because i was a big Yu-Gi-Oh kid and oh. Magic was taking over my local game store, and I was like, "Fuck this!" All my friends are. Do we? Can we swear? Yeah, you can swear. I, I make these podcasts explicit. You go for okay, it. Okay, cool. So, fuck this. And Good. <laughs> all my friends are playing Magic now. I don't get it. I have to tap land. This isn't Toon World. I, I hate it. Um, and then I played in college, and I won my first game. So you can imagine how quickly I became addicted. Hey, well, I'm glad that you could be here with us, gracing us us little people. But besides uh, magic, no. Evan, you're also a performer, <laughs> if I'm not mistaken. I am a performer living in New York City, doing survival job moment, but but still still in the arts. Yeah. Yes. And we're all we're all performers of some sort. Mm -hmm. We're also uh, just for history lessons for people. We're also brothers of the same fraternity. So. We uh we do have connections from back in the good old college days. Yeah, jo Josh had to call on the Brotherhood to even get me on this podcast. Exactly. 
<laughs> but being like a brotherhood, you know, we're almost like our own family in the world of New Capena. And that's going to be our big topic for today. We're talking about the new set, Streets of New Capena, and we're talking about the cards we like, uh, new mechanics that are really cool, and I don't know, maybe we got some tips and tricks of the uh, New Capena trade. So I thought we could break off into mechanics. Uh, I'll just kind of run down the list, and we could talk about the things that really uh, interest us in this set. So, the cool thing about this set is each new family has a uh, mechanic associated with it. We have the Obscura, which is your uh, blue, black, white family, and they have Connive. And Connive is basically, uh, when you connive, you can draw that many cards and then discard that many cards, and you get to put plus one, plus one counters on the creature based on the amount of cards you discarded, which is pretty cool. Then we got Casualty from Maestros which is basically as you cast this spell, you may sacrifice a creature with power X or greater, and when you do, you copy the spell. Um, that is our blue-black-red family. Then we have Blitz from the red-black-green family of the Riveteers, and Blitz is an additional cost for spells. Um, the Blitz cost, uh, a creature gains haste, but when this creature dies, draw a card. Sacrifice it at the beginning of the next end step. Alliance from the Cabaretti. Uh, Alliance, whenever another creature enters the battlefield under your control, you basically get to do the effect of the creature, so it's almost like creature fall instead of landfall. And lastly, from the Broker family, Shield Counters. And Shield Counters is if a creature would be dealt damage or destroyed, remove a shield counter from it instead. So we have a lot of fun new mechanics in this set. Now, my friends, are there any ones that kind of like jump out at you as like, hell yeah, this is like a freaking sweet one out of them? I, I personally, my favorite is probably Connive. Uh, it reminds me a lot of Explore from Ixalan, um, which I, I had a, a whole deck kind of based around that when I was running that block. And uh, I think that the you know, it, it does a similar thing for you in the sense of you're, you're getting yourself some card draw while also potentially beefing up your creatures. Yeah, definitely. And also, like, because it's the Obscura Colors, you're in black. So you can get some lovely graveyard interaction going on with all the mm -hmm. stuff you discard. Right. Well, also, it opens you up. So for me, also, Connive, I just, I love um, and I playing a bit with the cards. There's just so much utility there. But also... I love the way it combos with the old madness mechanic. Just the value there is crazy. Not only drawing a card, but then playing that same card you discarded for a cheaper cost. It's like a sweet little interaction. Uh, I also think Blitz. I didn't think much of it when, you know, I saw it. I was like, okay, it's sort of like a little sneak attack moment. That's cute. When I was playing against my friend's uh, toolbox Tory deck and... The blitz mechanic really snaps off. It's like so sneaky and being able to cheat out those bigger creatures, it's so hard to deal with. I think Jaxus the Troublemaker was probably the big card that showed up with Blitz when it first mm -hmm. came out. And the concept of like, you know, usually a four mana creature, you can cheat her out for two mana. And then because you're playing in black and green as well, usually when you play a blitz deck, you get that recursion of all these small hits, which is so sweet. And you draw a card off of it, too. I mean, yeah. this game is about card draw, isn't it? Mm -hmm. I also want to bring up uh, Tenacious Underdog on Blitz. Uh, I think that that card is super pesky. It's kind of like Arclight Phoenix, and it kinda, the meta is kind of going to force you to 
put some graveyard hay at least in your sideboard. Yeah, I'm looking at that card right now just to uh, read it out for uh, the viewers at home. Uh, it is a one and a black tenacious underdog, a human warrior. It has a blitz cost of four and pay two life. If you cast this spell for its blitz cost, it does the blitz thing. But you may cast this card from your graveyard using its uh, blitz ability. So you can always get this card back on the field constantly, which is pretty freaking sweet. For me, that card, that's cool. I don't really see a situation where that's the best option hmm. to blitz that thing back. Like, there's so many other cards that recur themselves for less. I like, see what um, you're Yeah, like a reassembling. I think reassembling skeleton moment. You know, it's like two mana yeah. to bring this back if something happens. Like, why am I paying four mana and two life for a 3-2 if I'm just using it as sack fodder? It's a, it's a really good point. I guess, like, the only thing is how much is the draw card ability worth it to you? And I, I totally right. hear it. I don't think... Four mana is a pricey cost to pay, but I guess it I guess it is one of... Almost in the sense of, like, you know, the underdog. The card itself is, like, if you're backed into a corner. Mm, this yeah, is the no, no. I, the, also, on that, like, the flavor of this set is really spicy. Like, all these cards' abilities make so much sense with their families, and... I mean, that, like you just said, with the the underdog, like never going down in the fight is is really cool. It it feels like the abilities are story focused as well, which I appreciate. Yes. Certainly, it's always I love the fact when um you know you get to see the story and the card play out. Uh, Bosco and I last time Bosco was on, we talked about the Forgotten Realms set, how it was so cool, how they had like different modules, for instance, and sorceries. Mm. So it was, like, playing out the way you would in D&D, like, how the story of the card would play out, which is just, mm. like, we love that. We love magic. Magic's great. Um, love a little magic. The uh, the one that I actually really like is shield counters. And I don't know, maybe it's because I'm trying to build a green-white-blue Planeswalker mega deck at some point, Super Friends. But I love the idea that you could stack shield counters. So you can mm. have all of these counters, like, building up where it's like, oh, it's not getting destroyed this time. Oh, so if you get, like, a huge proliferate engine going, you can put some mad protection on your creatures, which I think is pretty damn cool. Yeah. And my limited drafting and sealed experience with uh, New Capena on, on Arena, I did find that the, the shield ability was... Uh, really, really screwed me a few times. You know, it's kind of hard to get rid of something that's being... Uh, being a pain in the ass like you know especially if you drop a shield counter on something that has double strike or something like that um or even first strike it can it just adds another layer of frustration with regards to getting something off the battlefield i wasn't really thinking about the stacking aspect before that's that's quite good you know funny enough heard it on command zone they were talking about it. i'm like oh that's a really i had no idea you could stack it but that's freaking mm. sweet that you can yeah, yeah. you got to kill it like three kill times or whatever mm -hmm. yeah I, I know i'd like the concept of like a board wipe has to exile then. Otherwise, you have to keep dealing with trying to kill a creature. I want to break in to some of the cards that we like in this set. Like, what are some of, uh, some staples? Maybe, like, three staple cards, and if we keep going, we keep going, because, you know, we love magic. I wanted to bring up, I feel as though, uh, a card that a lot of people are going to bring up in this set. I gotta just flip to the green color. Um, the Bootlegger Stash which is five and a green for an artifact. Uh, lands you control have tap, create a treasure token. I think that this set is so big on a lot of tokens and creation of tokens. And not only that, like transforming tokens too. And I don't know, 
building more treasures is always a good thing to have, especially if you're going to be playing it in probably the Riveteer color you are, which is, like, great with black and red treasure creation spells. Get a Goldspan Dragon in there mm -hmm. and a bunch of stuff and just get a lot of treasure love. Also with Jolene, it turns, like, each of your lands into yes. double. I think it's also interesting because I wanted to bring up that they're bringing in a concept with one of the cards. I forget which... um commander card it was but like introducing the concept of tapped treasure tokens to the field ugnis the dragon's leash uh it's a creature with haste it is a one i forgot i have to read this off damn it it is a one rakdos red gruel there we go so there's multiple ways you could pay its mana cost uh whenever a creature you control with haste attacks create a tapped treasure token which I feel as though this is kind of late to introduce this into the game of, like, we're trying to balance treasure tokens a little bit, so mm -hmm. let them enter tap. I like that they're trying to play with that, but, like, I feel as though nobody's going to go on board with it if you could have all these things that create treasures that are untapped. Right, mm -hmm. if you if you already have, you know, Goldspan Dragon, you know, what's the point of, of doing this? Yeah, you've already broken the game. <laughs> I think this, like, kind of relates, but, like, this color combo in Commander, this River Tier moment... One, you know, it seems like they want you to make a lot of treasures. And I think these um these Corvold decks are gonna oh. go ridiculous with that. Because That's not true. only is are the colors inviting you to make these treasures, which are gonna pump Corvold, but if you're utilizing the Blitz mechanic and Corvold, the text on Blitz is sacrifice it at the end step. Oh jeez, you're right. It's so foul. Oh, that is foul. That, that, oh god, I didn't even think about that combination yet. Corvold already hurts enough. Just give Corvold more to make it, oh. Well, I'm looking forward not to playing Corvold now. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Uh, what are, uh, I, I already just named two right there. Uh, what, what are some cards y'all got that are like the hell yeah cards? I don't know how much I'm gonna play it, but Mr. Orfeo the Boulder, I just really uh, like his vibe. Uh, love a little, Two four moment, um. I mean, so not love a little uh, attack doubling. That's really interesting too. If you start bringing in the causality mechanic, like there's a stupid little combo with Mister Orfeo the Boulder where you, you know, like throw down a three three, you double its power, throw down Obnixilis, and then next turn you ult with it because uh, it gets six loyalty off of your 3-3, three, three, or even like a 4-4, four, four, you ult that turn with Obnixilis, which is just ridiculous. Oh, that's interesting. Um, yeah. yeah. Oh, that is broken. For seven <laughs> mana, you're ulting with the Planeswalker instantly. And getting seven cards in hand. And Jeez. giving seven cards. And you could even use that as like, you know, in uh, standard. That could absolutely be a finisher on somebody. That's totally usable. Yeah, I guess we see now why Obnixilis at the cheapest is 40 bucks. That's Yeah, seriously. <laughs> Another card that really interests me is in black, Body Launderer. So it's got Death Touch. Whenever another non-token creature you control dies, Body Launderer connives. So immediately cycling through your hand and potentially getting bigger. And then when Body Launderer dies, you return another target non-rogue creature card with equal or lesser power from your graveyard to the battlefield. So it's already starting as a 3-3. But if you are going into this, you're sacking something. Um, or you're willing to have like a bunch of cheap stuff die. So probably when this thing comes out, it's conniving that turn. And then because it's conniving, you can take the big creatures in your hand, gain a card, throw those into the graveyard, 
and then either sack your body launderer or you know ha- run it into something because it's also got death touch for like no reason that's a good point that's uh, just the extra flavor on top. yeah like yeah. as if this thing needed more so within three turns this thing's a six six and you're bringing back something else from your graveyard with lesser power like i'm just thinking of the card next to it on this little list in front of me but like three turns and you're bringing back the angel of suffering from your graveyard or you know that turn you're sacking it because it's in black and bringing back mr orfeo the, the graveyard love in yeah. those combos is ridiculous and off the charts mm. oh you beautiful cards uh, a lot of black love we've been seeing uh today with uh, all the riveteer stuff and then especially these mono black cards i feel like this set has so many cards that excite me and in every color I feel like every color got a lot of love. If you don't mind, I'm gonna I'm gonna share my last one that I got in here because I think white got a lot of love. The card that I'm thinking of in particular is Benny Brax the Zoologist. A three and a white elf druid. Convoke your creatures can help you cast the spell. Each creature you tap while casting the spell pays for one of one or one mana of that creature's color. At the beginning of each end step, if you created a token this turn draw a card and what i love about this so much is that white suffers from card draw so much and to have something that honestly with as simple as creating a token in white like you can in especially in commander format find a way to make a token each turn imagine having like a a smothering tide with this um card you'd basically create a treasure every turn oh it just says token not even creature token damn which is, at first I was like, oh, so it's a creature. And it's like, no, token. Yeah, that's, that's absolutely correct. Broken. But, I mean, you know, White deserved a little bit of love when it came to creatures. So I'm like, you know mm-hmm. what, White? You go for it. It's even good because it seems like every other card in the set like just has a little extra text saying, oh, also you make a citizen. That joins the yeah. party. Yes. True, yeah. <laughs> Can't forget on about the, citizen uh, tokens. On the subject of, of flooding the board with some some tokens. Uh-huh. Uh, what you got? What you got? I think one of, one of my... At least I, I found this card to be pretty interesting. I don't know how useful it is, but I think it's fun at the very least, uh, which is the whole point we're doing this. And uh, Jetmere Nexus of Revels. I had a feeling you would bring this up. Okay. I you know, I do not play any of these colors, but I think that this card is so fun. Again, I, I, I can't guarantee that it's super useful, but I think that in the right situation, it can mm-hmm. really be a punisher. I'll, I'll read the text off. So it costs uh, one, a red, a green, and a white. Is a legendary cat demon, and it's a 5-4. And its text reads, creatures you control get plus one, plus O, and have vigilance as long as you control three or more creatures. And if you control six or more creatures, they get an additional plus one, plus O, and trample. And if you control nine or more creatures, everybody gets an another additional plus one, plus O, and double strike. So if you flood your board with some stupid creature tokens, uh, I I can see a lot of potential to really uh, put the hurting on. Trample and double strike is the scariest combination. It is the Ember Cleave strategy, right? Giving something trample and double strike. And to imagine, like, nine tokens doesn't seem like an impossible task to make. If you got all your token engines in order, like, you can get to that nine tokens easily and boom. Your creatures are just... I mean, at least having nine creatures that are just one-ones, with all of this, you now have 
nine creatures that are at least four ones with double strike and trample. Well, you've got this crazy card that like immediately hits that rabble rousing. Whenever you attack with one or more creatures, create that many one one citizens. So oh, you're doubling your board every turn. It it seems wildly easy to get the full nine off of yeah. off of Jetmir, especially with his colors. The other card that I wanted to talk about was Giada Font of Hope. Yes. As Bosco knows, angels are my favorite creatures, so I'm a big fan of Giada. Yeah, man. I mean, this this is such a good like engine. If you drop this on turn two, I mean, like you're 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 ramping so well. The flying vigilance, like for a two two, that's pretty nice as on its own. But the fact that you're creating a mana source as well, I mean, like that's like if you get that out early and your opponent doesn't have answers for it, you have a really good opportunity to to get your your machine running pretty smoothly from the yeah. Get-go. And honestly, like, playing Angel decks a lot, personally, the biggest problem with Angel decks is that good angels are really heavy on mana cost. Like, if you want, like, the best angels, like Valkyrie Harbinger, Angel of Destiny, things like that, you gotta pay upwards pretty good mana. So having anything to reduce the cost of your good angels is amazing. And not only that, putting plus one, plus one counters on them for each angel you already control. So cheaper mana and bigger angel. Yeah, it's it's, it's ridiculous. And you, com- you combine that with something like uh, the new Elspeth. White white looks pretty good for, uh, for angels right now. And again, really perfect because Giada and Elspeth have story together in New Capita. So it's great that their cards synergize very well. I really want to see a mono white commander deck. I'm on a white angel deck with this. I'm very tempted to build one, you know, my love. This will, I wonder if this will bring back that, like, uh, there was a little moment in Standard. It was a recent set, but there was, like, this black-white angel deck that was popping around, and I feel like this will bring it back. I will say I am guilty because I still try to play that black-white uh, angel deck. Uh, Call Time really blossomed in standard that uh, black white angel deck I personally find mm-hmm. with just some I mean righteous valkyrie is one of my favorite yes. cards ever and that just gives you a beautiful like life gain pump up your angel engine going and with Giada it'll just you know your board's gonna be so wide and big after this I might have to build that deck now you got me so excited <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about a dumb one that really gave me some grief today when I was drafting I don't think this card is necessarily that playable I because it's pretty easily dealt with if you're not in a draft, but uh, fight rigging two and a green. It's got hideaway five. So when it comes to the battlefield, you look at your top five, exile one face down, and then you put the rest on the bottom of your library. And at the beginning of combat on your turn, you throw a plus one counter on a creature you control. Then if you have a creature with power seven or greater, you may play the exiled card without paying its mana cost. So, it, again, I, d- I don't know how playable that is in standard, but in draft, if you don't have any enchantment hate, then you are absolutely fucked. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, definitely. And, uh, in my deck, I did not have any enchantment hate, and I was absolutely fucked. <laughs> it, it's rough when you get uh, you beat up in the draft, especially because, you know, it is all about having that one card that it's like, well, I didn't draft anything good enough to beat that card. Right. I mean, they Womp dropped womp. it on turn three. I didn't see any of my removal, and I was like, okay, well, you guys win. Nope, that's it. <laughs> we'll, we'll play it out, but that's the end of this story oh my God. right now. Two cards in red I really like. One of them's, you know, it's not too flashy, but it's a big score, and it's three and a red. 
As an additional cost to cast a spell, discard a card, draw two cards, and create two treasures. So it really only costs like two mana. Yeah. But it's it's just the same card as Unexpected Windfall, but it's one red instead of two, which lets you put it in a little bit more decks. And I was loving it in, I got the Maestro's pre-con and I was playing that with a friend. But you can causality this thing and immediately it pays for itself like copying this big score, yeah. you know. You're drawing four cards, getting rid of one, making four treasures. I mean, kind of crazy. But the other card, which I wish I had pulled, and I'm not even sure if I like fully understand it, is Arcane Bombardment, that mythic enchantment. Four and two red. Whenever you cast your first instant or sorcery spell each turn, exile an instant or sorcery card at random from your graveyard. Then copy each card exiled with Arcane Bombardment. You may cast any number of the copies without paying their mana costs. So each turn, in a spell-slinging deck, each turn you're getting rid of a random card from your grave. So like an is-it spell-slinging deck, assumably it's a can't-rip or like a deal-direct damage. So either way you're getting value off of playing a spell. And each turn you're able to cast a spell, it ramps up even more. So like, I could be, on turn 7, I could be paying a... I could be paying one for a lightning bolt and off of Arcane Bombardment be cascading spell, like being able to chain reaction your spells. Totally. And it is only the first one each turn, but being able to replay and copy those spells, especially that wording that it copies the spell is so good with all those Magecraft triggers. Honestly, also, yeah, because, like, the Strixhaven Prismari plays so well into that for copying your spells. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, like, even think about things as simple as, like, all runes epiphany. Like, get all your big freaking monster instant and sorceries and just take over the game with your... You could uh, even try to be super sneaky. Like, if you knew you had this little combo piece in your deck and you wanted to try and trick someone, you could throw out an all runes, play this, and then cast a lightning bolt. And you only have one card to exile, so... Oh, God, and often, oh, my God, if you fucking Allruns with this thing, yeah, you're an infinite <laughs> turn loop. You're playing Allruns every single turn. So you can play, it plays Allruns, Allruns goes to exile itself, and it just, that part fizzles, but it still happens, the spell. And because Arcane Bombardment's the one who's keeping track of it being exiled, it happens again. Jesus, ugh. We just did some very big magic power right there. That was great. Everybody we, listening, we, do we have the next Infinite Turns deck for you? I think we <laughs> we, we need to start a blog where we, we do our own decks. Uh, we'll get our Prismari, uh, New Capena, Red Blue, Arcane Bombardment, Beauty deck. Do you, do you run Red Blue spells? Do you want everybody at the local gaming store to hate you? <laughs> Well, have you ever heard of Infinite Turns? <laughs> Don't let anyone else play the game. You're the only one who needs to with our deck. You know, honest, that's I, I listen, as I grow and evolve as an MTG player, I do realize I am a stacks player. It's only fun when I'm playing. <laughs> no, I honestly I recently fixed my Will Help the Rot Cleaver deck. Oh yeah, I love and that I've deck. learned there's just certain things where like you're like, oh man, this is a great idea, and then you play it out, and you look at everyone else on the table, and the entire time you're just like, I'm sorry, I'm you sorry, that something this out that you weren't supposed to. Yeah, <laughs> I'm I didn't missing want out this on that critical live. remorse. Yeah, I feel nothing. There's a lot of <laughs> there's a lot of different uh, things out there. <laughs> oh my god. So you've got um we gotta we gotta hear one more from uh, Andrew Bosco right here. Oh, do we? Oh well, yeah, yeah. Did you give us only two? Cause I want I want to hear another. No, I said uh, fight rigging. 
Oh, you did say fight Regan. Can I say another one then? Because <laughs> yeah, of course you can, Josh. I built a I'll brawl deck it. around uh, Quiza, the Augur of Agonies, mm. and it's an uncommon obscura card. But it's the simple thing of whenever you draw a card, target opponent loses one life and you gain one life. Mm. And having the ability connive within that color scheme just opens up the beauty of like, I'm drawing so many cards and even though I'm discarding, I'm still gaining life. And then within black, you have plenty of, oh, I gain life while you lose life. And I've just found it's been great to play in Brawl because you can get that engine running so easily with gaining and losing life. As long as they're not playing like a super white uh, life gain deck, you're pretty set with this deck to conquer because you got that blue card draw. Just want to point out that the creature type of uh, Quiza Augur of Agonies is Cephalid Advisor. Yeah, we had a <laughs> Cephalid introduction in this set. Yeah, My is that the God. first? I don't think I've seen Cephalids before in Magic. Check the old companion app. Oh please, no Cephalid, no Cephalids. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> uh, oh, okay, okay. There are some old Cephalid cards. Wow, Cephalid Erasure? Now we're talking about Invoke Prejudice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, it came back. I'm so sorry, everyone at home. You didn't get to hear the beginning of this pod, but man, we... We went through the dark history of magic. Oh, man. The podcast before this podcast was so much better than this podcast. <laughs> yeah, um, magic, you know, has gotten better. A rough start, but, you know, it, it, it got better. Because even though there were cards in the past, like Invoke Prejudice, there's a really awesome secret layer set that just came out that shows the beautiful, honestly, progressive... Uh, nature that Magic the Gathering Wizards of the Coast has been doing. And I would say, like, Call Time really started pushing that forward, and we've been seeing it grow. And now we have uh, the secret layer for Pride Across the Multiverse, which is Wizards of the Coast's uh, teaming up with the Trevor Project, which is an amazing organization. And they have designed a lot of cards in love of Pride. And we have some beautiful card arts. I just wanted to talk about it quickly because... The internet is blowing up over what I think we could all say is one of the greatest canonical magic cards, Bearscape. There is nothing I want more than to be in the Bearscape pool. I want. I need this card. I want to build a bear deck now because I see Bearscape. I just like. I don't even want to play it. I just want it on my desk. I want it on my desk. Yeah, frame that shit. I was gonna say I put it up on a wall. Yeah. The vibes there are crazy. It just seems so relaxing, you know what I mean? Like, And also, like, when someone... Imagine being the person who would have to destroy that enchantment, you know what I mean? Like, you would have so much, like, why do you want to destroy that paradise right there? The homophobia of anybody who interacts with these cards. I yeah. mean... Exactly. You know you're Invoke Prejudice players if you... <laughs> if anyone <laughs> destroys your uh, Bearscape. Also, I have to mention it because Aaron's not here... But um, Aaron mm. quickly posted a post about Savor the Moment, and I did it for the podcast as well. Because Ralzeric, mm. we got some Ralzeric love on the uh, card art there, and we love Ralzeric on the podcast here. So Savor the Moment, everyone. It's a beautiful card. Also, all the art on these cards are absolutely beautiful. I adore them all. A nice wide variety as well. Like a good, good, good uh, plethora of styles, I would argue. I, I mean, I want to buy this set. And I'm tempted to try to build an Alicia Who Smiles at Death deck because it's such pretty art. I'll have to figure out. Um, honestly, Evan, you were giving me some good ideas with um, even though I won't have access to green, but a lot of like low power cards to try to toss into something like this. So 
you got me thinking. So how I wanted to wrap up today is because New Capita was the major focus of today, I wanted to ask the simple question, friends, which crime family do we think is the strongest crime family based on the magic cards we've seen before us today? So I picked Maestros, and I wanted it to be them, but I do not think it is. Oh, okay. I think it's either Obscura or the Riveteers. I think I'm going to have to go Obscura. Uh, there's definitely bias there. Yes, I know I know your color patterns. I know there's yeah. bias there. <laughs> that's, that's okay. The Connive is just, it's too versatile. And it's on like so many of their cards. You know, almost every card is like also Connive. Connive, Connive as well, yeah. Yeah. Do you fellas think... Uh, on the subject fellas. of the crime families and their names. <laughs> fellas. <laughs> fellas. Hey, good fellas. You hear about the fellas. crime fa- Fellas, do you think that there will ever be a uh, an, an overturning or a turning over of the uh, the three ally color names as a result of the crime families, or are they going to stick with the Alara shards? I think they're probably going to stick with the Alara shards. I hope yeah. they do. I I don't want that to change. These are just so specific to the plane. Yes. I think it's going to be the same thing as like Ravnica compared to Strixhaven kind of concept. Yes, yes. You know, like none of the the Strixhaven names, people don't run to Prismari first over saying is that. So I think think we will be fine. And I will say as much as I want to say Obscura, Obscura, Obscura all the time because Obscura is my favorite, I think we're going to go back. To cl- I mean, I think it's just easier to stick with what, you know, originated with Shards of Alara. I do think Maestro's rolls off the tongue better than Grixis. Hard disagree. Hard disagree. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're going we're gonna to see what the community but says I, I about it. I see where it, you're yeah. coming from. Wow, that, that one. Hmm. Okay, <laughs> we we can shoot that out. We can shoot that out. Uh, what? Which names roll off the tongue better when it comes to the three color combinations that we have? Are um, you a Maestro's girly or a Grixis daddy? get the hashtag rolling evan please hashtag maestro's girly hashtag maestro's girly yeah (laughs) well that's that's coming down to the end of our podcast today but before we end it i wanted to make sure that both of our guests had a chance to plug any of the lovely stuff they're doing or any social media accounts uh bosco let's start with you because i know that you've done it before so you've got you got the experience of rattling off yeah Okay, uh, my heavy metal band Gravis is putting out our debut album, and uh, I've also been working on a, uh, a stoner hardcore project called Bone Spitter. Maybe you'll see that oh, later this year, yeah. I hope. And uh, recently, I've been backing up uh, the lovely Hannah Gundersheim uh, of the Heart School of Music. Uh, she put out an EP, I believe two months ago, of some fantastic uh, singer-songwriter music, and I've been having a great time playing behind her. So if you get the chance, come oh, see yeah. her. Evan. I am, you know, working on some stuff that I'm is nowhere near ready to talk about. Uh, but if you are in New York and you want to play Magic the Gathering with me, you can follow my Instagram at Evan, E-V-A-N, Mariner, M-A-R-I-N-E-R. That's at Evan Mariner. And DM me because I desperately need people to play Commander with here. Hell yeah. And the good news is... That the Dungeons & Gathers podcast does have something new to plug that might help with getting people to play Magic. We now have a Discord channel for the Dungeons & Gathers podcast. And the point is, we talk about community, community, community so much, we want finally a chance to play with the people in our community. So, if you like Magic the Gathering, 
D&D or other TTRPGs, join our Discord so you could play Evanair. Well, everyone, I want you to know at home that even though we are part of a brotherhood fraternity and we have the crime families of New Capena, you don't need to be part of any secret organization to know that you can like and subscribe to the Dungeons & Gatherers podcast. Hey, if you listen to this podcast, meet me in the back alley and tell me if you like Grixis or Maestros more, and we'll have a little chat. Yeah, no thanks. All set. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to. I don't. I don't actually want to be on a podcast with a Grixis apologist. Oh my god, <laughs> an apologist? No.